are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, December 15th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free. Wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcast, etc. It's all for free, and if you follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start your day. The Chicago Blackhawks are back in action tonight. Fingers crossed on the COVID situation, obviously, uh, but if all goes well, They'll square off with the Washington Capitals for the second time in the last two weeks. I'll go over a quick preview of the Blackhawks lineup and everything to know for the game tonight. And then I'll also be joined by Tyler Kewell from Locked On Capitals for a quick crossover to get some Capitals insight before the team, the two teams suit up at the UC. All right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Before I get into that crossover with Tyler Kuehl, though, I want to start off by talking about the Blackhawks' projected lineup for tonight against the Caps. And I'm just sadly missing the morning skate. I got to go to work here in about 20, 25 minutes. The Blackhawks are going to hit the ice at any moment now. Um, But first, if I had to guess, I really do think this is one where Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be back in net. Uh, it would make sense after having a, a bunch of days off. Kevin Lankinen obviously got the go in Saturday's game, their last game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it just appears that this would be one for uh, Flurry to get the start in. And he's been really good as of late, folks. He had that uh, one start against New York where he allowed six, a bunch of ugly goals in the third period that kind of put that one out of reach. He actually only allowed five. Uh, I forgot uh, about the sixth one. But uh, other than that, Flurry has yet to allow, besides that game, he has not allowed more than three in any other starts under Derrick King. And facing a a really good Washington Capitals offense, I think they're going to need Flower in the net tonight. So it it makes a lot of sense for multiple different reasons. Expect number 29 to be between the pipes for the Blackhawks at 7 p.m. Central Time at the UC. As for the rest of the lineup, of course, as I just said, not 100% positive because the morning skate's just about to be underway. Um, But based on First, Henrik Borgstrom still not being able to practice yesterday due to a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, Derek King keeps joking that he had a really big, bad shrimp. So um, I'm not so certain that Borgstrom's going to be back in the lineup after missing the last handful of days due to that illness. And then also Curtis Gabriel has been dealing with some uh, visa issues recently. We haven't seen him since that game in Toronto on Saturday, so I don't expect him to be him to be in the lineup for the Blackhawks tonight either without uh, getting any practices really under his belt. So that leaves the team with 12 forwards, so um, if both those guys don't 
wind up playing. We do know exactly what the lineup is going to be. Uh, and as for the forward lines up up top, I do expect it to be Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Stroman, Patrick Kane. That's what it's been in each of the past two days at practice. I think that's a really good spot for Dylan Strom to succeed in, a position we've been begging the Blackhawks to put him in all year long, uh, and hopefully he'll be able to get it going. And, and before getting healthy, scratched a couple of games back. Stromer had points in back-to-back games when the Blackhawks took on uh, the Rangers and the Islanders, and then he also had three in his last six. So he's been quietly productive. And with for the Blackhawks, with them not being able to have much secondary scoring, three points in six games ain't too shabby. So I'm excited to see what Dylan Strom can put together tonight on that top line with Alex DeBrinkett and. Patrick Kane. The second line got a little jumbled up in practice yesterday. Uh, Brandon Hagel and Jonathan Taves did remain together, but instead of Mackenzie Entwistle being their right wing like uh, he was in practice on Monday, Brett Connolly was the man to join Hayes and uh, <laughs> Hayes, Hagel and Taves on that second line. And I think this is going to be a really big opportunity for Brett Connolly. He had been producing in a scoring role for the Rockford Icehawks. He's going to jump right back into one here with the Hawks. He has had goal-scoring touch throughout his entire career. He really struggled last year, but that made it kind of easy to forget. This guy was a 20-goal scorer in 2018-19 with the Washington Capitals, and he also had 33 points in 69 games for Florida prior to the COVID-19 outbreak in March of 2020. So Brett Connolly has been a productive player. He just wasn't last season. So I'm really interested to see if he's going to take advantage of this massive opportunity that he's been handed by Derek King being placed on that second line with uh, two of the more offensive-minded guys in the lineup in Brandon Hagel and Jonathan Taze. The third line remained the same once again like it did on Monday at, with the first line. That was Dominic Kubelik, Kirby Doc, and Philip Kurashev. And those three, in the final 30 minutes of that game against Toronto, they were rolling. And Philip Kurashev finally uh, made a big-time impact play. We've been waiting for him to make one all season. So I like this decision to keep him up there with uh, Dominic Kubelik, who's been getting his chances as of late, finally got his first even-strength goal of the season. And uh, Kirby Doc can kind of be that defensive anchor and hopefully can also chip in a little bit more offensively than we've seen from him so far this season. And then on the fourth line, the switch I already talked about was Entwistle and Connolly. So now down there with Josiah Slavin and Ryan Carpenter as Mackenzie Entwistle. And I think that change just made a whole lot of sense. Entwistle is more of a fourth line grinder than he is a skill guy. Playing up on that second line, I don't think would have been the best fit for him. And it makes a lot of more sense for Connolly to be in that role. So um, again, if Henrik Borgstrom and Curtis Gabriel aren't playing tonight for the Hawks. I really do expect those to be the four forward lines that Derrick King goes with. On defense, it's going to be interesting now that everyone, all seven of their defensemen, seem to be healthy at this point. I think we can pretty much pencil in um, Calvin DeHaan and Seth Jones on that top pairing. They've been paired together for the last handful of games and a majority of the season, as have Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy on the second defensive pairing. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the third because... Riley Stillman and Eric Gustafson both have been pretty good as of late, and I know Caleb Jones is back from that non-COVID-related illness that he may have passed on down to Henrik Borgstrom, Um, but it's not going to be easy-peasy for him to get in the lineup with those two guys ahead of him playing well, so 
honestly, Caleb could be looking at another healthy scratch here tonight. Um, if not, I don't really know who they're going to take out at this point because Gustafson's been providing, he's been playing a bigger role, and he's been handling it well under Derek King. I think he kind of got the message in those first two games under Kinger where he played like only six or seven minutes, and he was like, oh boy, this isn't Jeremy anymore. I'm not just going to be throwing ice time. I actually got to do stuff and be responsible out here. Um, not Nice to see someone finally held Eric Gustafson accountable, by the way. Um, but he's been good lately. No denying that. He's definitely been better. He's been making smarter decisions. The big thing with him is he just can't be costing us in the defensive zone, and he really hasn't been for the most part. And Riley Stillman's been effective as well. He's been uh, making some nice plays in the offensive zone too. We saw that from a couple of uh, defensive-minded guys in Toronto, Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman. They were making plays for us. Um, So I really do think King could go with that same group once again tonight against Washington with Caleb Jones potentially being the outside guy. Uh, One other quick thing I wanted to talk about, Washington Capitals are a bit healthier than they were when we saw them two weeks ago in Washington, D.C., because they got T.J. Oshie back, who's a huge part of their top six, and also in that bumper roll on the power play. Connor Sheary is back, uh, and Nicholas Backstrom actually made the trip over to Chicago and will take part in the morning skate. He's still uh, not sure if he's going to play tonight, but it certainly could could be his season debut if all things go well uh, here in just a, just a couple hours. So. The Washington Capitals, we already knew they were a dangerous offensive team, especially with what Alex Ovechkin's been able to do this year. I mean, the guy is absolutely incredible. He's got 20 goals, 24 assists for 44 points or 28 games, and he's doing that without his right-hand man and Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, They're fifth in the NHL in goals scored, but 27th on the power play, interestingly enough. So... Nicholas Backstrom, if he is able to go tonight, that could be a huge addition to the Capitals lineup, and the Blackhawks are definitely going to be on, uh, need to be on high alert each and every time he's on the ice, as well as a plethora of other guys on this team, because they can light it up in a hurry. And in the first meeting between these two teams, the Blackhawks saw Vitek Vanacek in net. Well, they could be looking at the 11-2-1 Ilya Samsonov here tonight, with Washington also having a handful of days off, so... It's going to be a tough test for the Blackhawks. It should be a, a really good matchup. The Hawks have found a way to to play close games with really good teams. They had a good one up in Washington, D.C. a few weeks back, and I expect more of the same here tonight at the United Center. All right, now I'm going to turn it, turn, uh, turn it over blah, to the crossover that I recorded last night with Tyler Kuehl from Locked On Capitals. Let's let's try to get to let's try to talk about some good stuff here in just a moment. We'll talk about the Hawks and the Caps, but guys, I got to ask it. You, you got a beard? They got to get primal. That's right. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal origin oils because maybe you're the guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product because primal will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet, primal origin oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are net renowned and known as the best feel and beer products available. All products, of course, fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. And the combo kits make a great holiday gift if you're shopping for yourself. You'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to be the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beard to the other products you've used. We promise you'll see and feel the difference. Go to uh, primaloriginoils.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get 20% off. That's locked on to get 20% off at checkout at primaloriginoils.com. 
And I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. In this holiday season, go and grab a protein bar that's filled with so much holiday goodness. It's also rich with decayed in flavor and covered in 100% real chocolate, but also amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. You can get the best of both worlds right now, delicious and healthy. And there's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate? cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Either way, Bilt Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Bilt Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. And do you enjoy some of those marshmallow treats around the holiday season? Well, then you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in 100% real chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. And for a limited time offer right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's one word, LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. So, let's get to the game tonight. Caps and Hawks, the last time these two teams met, a shootout decided it, and it was a shootout that was won by the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes, I'll call it a shootout because you're here, Jack. You want to count it as an actual win, an actual <laughs> hockey win, even though, let's be honest, and this is coming from the guy that's covering the Washington Capitals, who two of their last wins have both come by the shootout slash skills competition. What, what, you know, and the last time we talked, Jack, the Hawks were in the middle of that honeymoon phase with Derek King. What have you seen from this team lately? Because it seemed like, it, I'm not saying going back to the way it was, but yeah, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. Yeah, they just haven't been able to string together consecutive victories. Um, But what I am very impressed with is when we last talked, Tyler, I spoke about how it it was the beginning of December. November was kind of an easy schedule for the Blackhawks, and they picked up some wins against bottom-tier teams. Well, Washington was the first game, but after that, they were were about to go on the road, go on a couple of... of, uh, faced a couple of tough teams in their buildings. And I thought it was going to be a, a huge test for the Blackhawks and kind of a make or break point to see what kind of team they had and if they truly had improved under Derek King. And I was really impressed because each and every night they found a way to be com- competitive. That's really been their um, the, their mentality under Derek King. They're going to play a grindy defensive style and they're going to keep it close for the entire 60 minutes. And they wound up getting a win over Washington. They also put together uh, some good performances against New York. They had a heartbreaking loss over the weekend to Toronto, but it was a game in which they went up north and they put together a really good effort in the second half of that game, unfortunately got their heart broken by former Blackhawk David Kampf in the final two minutes. But they really have, I think, found a new identity under Derek King, and I was just very impressed with their ability to compete against some of the best teams in the entire league. And like I said, on the road, the Blackhawks earlier on in the season under Jeremy Colleton weren't very good on the road. So um, in the past two weeks, Tyler, I can honestly say that I have become a little bit more confident in this Blackhawks team and their ability to go out there and, and play uh, a good 60-minute effort, definitely more so than I was earlier on in December and later in November. Yeah, because there are three losses this month so far, two against the New York Rangers, one a 3-2 loss, and then one a 6-2 loss at home. But you mentioned that Toronto game, and the wife and I were actually watching that game on Saturday night. And I remember I it was it was 4-1, to one, and she's like, can we watch a Christmas movie now? This game's over. And I'm like, do you not know the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs in a 4-1 score? This game is far from over. 
She went in another room. I think she ended up taking a shower or whatever. And I, she came out and I yelled, it's 4-4 now. And she's like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, listen, Steve Dangle somewhere is probably losing his mind because he's just getting all of a sudden the massive twitch from PTSD and whatever. But like you said, though, the Hawks found a way to battle back. Unfortunately, just an awful stanchion bounce there at, at, at Scotiabank did it. But this is, like you mentioned, this team is, it's just, they're competitive again. And, you know, we had, I mean, I myself maybe had maybe a little too high expectations for this team coming in. I thought this was going to be a playoff team. Things didn't quite go their way. By the way, I'd love to probably uh, give you a little bit of good positive news. Jeremy Colleton's going to be the assistant coach for Team Canada, the Spengler Cup. Yeah, so. I did see uh, that today. Stay, staying busy, staying busy, staying in the game. Because, hey, you never know. <laughs> he may have to be coaching Team Canada if the NHLers don't go. Hey, go Team Canada. <laughs> um, but Yeah, for I, sure. That should be interesting. Is it weird to you, National Predators fans are probably going to go crazy themselves, that Seth Jones is your leading scorer right now? Like, is that, do you look at that as a bad thing that your defense, uh, you have a defenseman as your top scorer, or do you look at it as Seth Jones is certainly meeting his potential? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think most people expect Patrick Kane to be leading the Blackhawks in scoring uh, most of the time. He has been, well, I can't complain. He's still a point-per-game player, and that just kind of shows you how spoiled us Blackhawks fans have been with him over the past decade or so that he's producing at a point-per-game, and we're like, hey, where's this Kaner guy? Why isn't he putting up big numbers? Um, But no, uh, Seth Jones has, has been incredible. Really, since Derek King took over early on in the season, we saw those flashes of how good he can be on both both sides of the puck. Um, but just kind of a lack of consistency, and I think you can attribute that to coming into a, a new team, new teammates, a new system, and everything. I think that definitely played its part in it. Um, but but under Derek King here, the past month or so, he has been spectacular. And honestly, I, I can say he's been the Blackhawks. Best player and their most consistent player for sure because he brings it night in and night out. And if he wasn't doing the things that he is offensively, the Blackhawks would be in a world of trouble. He's one of the few guys that's able to create for this team. Uh, He has a really good ability of knowing exactly when to jump up into plays, jump up into the rush to give them an odd man advantage. And he's been really good at distributing uh, at the point on their power play. I would like to see him get a little bit more aggressive with the puck on his stick and to shoot it to give them another uh, weapon or so. But he's been fantastic overall. I mean, I, I really can't complain. He's playing huge minutes, 26, 27, 28 minutes a night, showing no sign of fatigue and um he, he's really driven the play on both ends for this Blackhawks team so um I, I probably would like to see you know Patrick Kane pick it up a little bit more than he has so far and I think Alex Dabrinkit also uh, has a next step to take in his playmaking abilities as well he doesn't have very many assists on the season despite um finding the back of the net seemingly every other game um but I I don't think you can knock Seth or or the Blackhawks for him being their leading scorer because I I really do think this team would have a much worse record if if they weren't um, fortunate to have him as their number one defenseman, and he's been really solid under Derek King. I I know the contract is a lot, um, but – He's doing everything that he can control. You know, he he doesn't control the dollar amount that gets, you know, thrown on the table. If you get $9.5 million, you're going to sign it. So he's doing everything on his end to live up to those expectations and to live up to that dollar. Um, And being the Blackhawks leading scorer, I I think, is is more of a positive than it is a negative, Tyler. Yeah. And like I say, if if you're leading, if you are a leading scorer in your hockey club as a defenseman and you are 
I don't want to say averaging a point a game, but pretty close to that mark. I'm pretty sure he should be making that kind of money as a defenseman. Seth Jones is. You mentioned to Brink that he's having a Cy Young year, 14 goals, six assists. But then again, when you're playing with Patrick <laughs> Kane, you're going to be the one doing the majority of the scoring because Kane is usually the more of the passing type. Uh, one last thing here before we kind of kind of go off here, we'll talk about the Caps here on the other side. I got to ask you, and I know this guy has had a, a tough year on and off the ice, and of course a tough year in general. Jonathan Taves finally gets a goal last week or weekend a few games ago. Now he has two on the season, had scored back to back, scored against Toronto as well. What is it what is it to know what the captain had to go through to get back on the ice, to finally get back in the goal column? Yeah, I, I really felt for Johnny because you could tell he was getting frustrated out there. He'd miss on good chances and he'd go and slam his stick on the bench. He's asked about if by the media night in and night out. Um, and obviously he's had to deal with a lot just to get back on the ice. So I, I really do feel bad for Johnny, but fortunately now he, he started to get it going these past couple of games. And I really think he could have just started to, you know, um, get the wheel going a little bit because obviously, you know, no goals for 25 games, not great, bud. but he, yeah. he did have his looks and it's not like he was playing horrendous. The speed I think is the biggest thing that's noticeable. He's not able to create like he used to, but he's still finding himself in those situations. And he had shots hit off the post. You know, he was getting robbed by netminders. It took a little bit longer than I think anyone expected and definitely Taves himself. But I think he is heading in the right direction and I'm happy for him for sure. But the Blackhawks really need him to, because aside from Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane and Brandon Hagel, no one can really score goals for this team. It's been a huge issue all season long. It was an issue when we talked two weeks back. It's still an issue today. They have gotten a little bit better. Hey, they wound up scoring four goals against a really solid defensive team in Toronto. That was only the third time this season the Blackhawks have scored four goals in regulation through 27 games. So they really need a guy like Jonathan Tays to pick it up for him, especially when he's still playing big time minutes because he's so responsible defensively. And he's also the only guy on this team that can win a draw at the face-off dot. So he's a big part of the Blackhawks success and they really need him to keep it up. So I'm happy that Johnny was able to find the back of the net finally and kind of, you know, he, he actually literally threw the monkey off his back after he scored that goal. I don't know if you saw the clip, but he literally yeah. threw it off his back. It was pretty funny. Yeah, he, he's a guy that, like I said, when he came back, I mean, it was a big deal because of what he had to go through. We found out what he was going through afterwards, and it's good to see him getting back. And like I said, maybe he'll pot a few more. And, you know, noted four-time 30, or excuse me, three-time 30-goal scorer, Jonathan Taves, uh, one of NHL's top 100 players, even though statistically he's not the greatest player. That's okay. That was, that's a four-year <laughs> four, four uh, four rebuttal for me there uh, since they released that list. We'll we'll get to the we'll switch things up here. We'll get to the cap side of things here on this crossover edition of Locked On Capitals and Locked On Blackhawks before we make our predictions for tonight's game between the Caps and the Blackhawks. But first, guys, I gotta remind you that Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. By using the promo code Locked On to receive the bonus for basketball, football, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, and of course the National Hockey League, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. It seems like it's been a really busy past couple of weeks for the Blackhawks since they took on the Washington Capitals. A lot has happened. They've gone on a couple of different road trips. They were up in Canada. They were out in New York. 
But the Washington Capitals have actually only played four games since their last meeting with the Blackhawks. Three victories, one over, uh, I think it was Anaheim, Columbus, and Buffalo, and then a, a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. What what kind of um, what, what's kind of happened with the, the Capitals in these past couple of games? What's been going right? Um, and also, I definitely have to talk about one, one thing we mentioned in the previous crossover was the injuries the guys at the Capitals weren't Ha- uh, that they weren't having on their active roster and we're still finding a way to come away with wins. What's the latest update on guys like uh, TJ Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom, and Connor Sheary? Well, the the big one, of course, uh, Oshie came back, and he's actually doing pretty well. The Caps are still undefeated when he puts up a point in the lineup, which is still single digits, but you know what? That's still okay because, I mean, he's, he's certainly showing that he's a top player. Uh, Connor Sheary has been in and out of the lineup a little bit, but I, I think he's going to come back around here and he'll start coming back to form. It just, it stinks when you score two goals in a game and then you're out the next night because of an injury that you somehow picked up. But I, the big story that really came out yesterday, Jack, that really caught me by surprise because the last time we talked, Nicholas Backstrom was a slow process, a slow moving locomotive eventually going to pick up steam, but later on down the line. His rehab was going by, but it was going by very slowly. And then all of a sudden, we find out that he took actual line rushes on Monday. It was actually signed to a line, and he's also taking the morning skate today before the game tonight between the Hawks and Capitals. Now, does that mean he's going to play? We don't know. But it's seemingly like he's going to play here, if not tonight, later on, later on this week, and sometime before Christmas. And it's just so crazy because, and it's one of those things, they probably did their best NHL team mentality. We're going to keep everything quiet. We're going to make sure no one knows anything. And then, boom, Nicholas Backstrom is going to be back in the lineup. And that's kind of how this thing is all really sorted out. And it's really interesting. I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. I was saying, like, man, this could be a real big help. But the question is, is he going to come out like gangbusters like we saw Nikita Kucherov do in the playoffs last year? I'm not sure. But that, I mean, just the fact that he's going to be getting back in the lineup will certainly add a little bit of offensive spark that maybe the Caps have been missing, most notably on the power play. Um, other injuries, I mean, Garnet Hathaway and Trevor Van Riemsdyk are traveling with the team. They were on the COVID list for a little bit. As far as I know, Nick Dowd is still out, as far as I know. Uh, the kind of with the hard part of getting back from coming back in the lineup is that Tom Wilson as far as we know, will not be playing tonight either. He's day-to-day with an upper body injury, which is tough because he's been having a really great year on that line with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. So it seems like it's one it's a revolving door. One guy comes back in, one guy goes out, vice versa, and they just keep that ball rolling. But you know what? It's just really showing the resilience of this hockey club, Jack. It's the fact that this team has found ways to win games, even though they have not had a full lineup that they originally had planned going into training camp. So I mean, if there's any good thing you can look at this, it's the fact that the Washington Capitals are, pro- are, you know, when they ended the weekend against Buffalo, were tied for the points lead in the National Hockey League. It was one of the best teams in the league with Florida and Toronto. And the fact of the matter is that they're still in that hunt for being the best team without a fully staffed lineup. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's definitely scary. The rest of the league is going to have to take a look out once the Washington Capitals do get back to being 100% healthy. I mean, they have the pedigree. They have a lot of the veteran guys there that got the job done in the 2018 playoffs that have been there and done that. And yeah, I, I think it just goes to show uh, how, how well the coaching staff has done being able to find ways to win without some of those top guys. Um, and, and when they do come back, it's definitely going to be a scary team. Uh, one thing I definitely also wanted to ask you about 
is uh, last time the Blackhawks and the Capitals met two weeks ago, the Blackhawks saw Vitek Vanacek in net. This time, is it going to be different? Are they going to see uh, Ilya Samsonov in net tomorrow at the United Center? You know, it's it's weird because yeah, Vanny played pretty well against the the Buffalo Sabres. Didn't have as much work. Samsonov had a kind of a tough game against Pittsburgh, who has really started to pick up their play as of late, still leading the Montreal Canadiens here, as I see it on my monitor to my left. And so I, I don't and I think Samsonov is still the one A. Vanacek, I think, is really trying to show that he still can be an everyday starter in the NHL, like he kind of established in the early goings this season. But at the same token, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see Vanacek go because the Caps have or the Caps have the Winnipeg Jets coming up on Friday. Now, granted, yes, there is a day off and there's a day of travel as well. Now, granted, of course, uh, the, the way that everything is so fluid these days, uh, I may be just saying there's a game on Friday for poops and giggles because I don't even <laughs> there's a good <laughs> chance that that game may not even happen. Long story short, though, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Samsonov got the start and Vanacek got it for Friday. I mean, it, there's not many back to backs here coming up for the Caps. If I'm not mistaken, they don't have one until. Holy cow, middle of January. And that's been the nice part about this break. If they've had three or four days off in between games, they played last week. They played Anaheim on Monday, Pittsburgh on Friday. John Walton and I were twiddling our thumbs trying to figure out what to do with ourselves for three days. So, I mean, these breaks really help the Caps kind of help, you know, get healthier, kind of rest up. And that allows guys like Sam Sonoff to play more often. But I would say Sam Sonoff gets a start tonight with all this time off. I think he wants to have a good bounce back after the losing to Pittsburgh on Friday, only his second regulation loss this season, mind you. So yeah, I see Sam Sonoff going in, but once again, if Peter Laviolette came out of morning skate and said, we're going with double V tonight. Sure. That works. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to wait and see until they uh, hit the ice earlier this uh, later this morning, I should say at the United center. Um, one, one final question <clears throat> I had for you, Tyler, excuse me, is uh, one thing I noticed when kind of just going over a preview of this game is the Washington capitals. They rank fifth in the NHL currently in goal scored per game, but they're 25th on the power play. And the Blackhawks, they've been struggling a little bit on the PK. They gave up two costly goals early on in that first period against Toronto. That's, really what wound up being the difference maker in that five to four heartbreaker. Um, but what's kind of going on with Washington's power play? Obviously everyone knows about the big OV one T over there at the left dot. Um, but have they not been able to kind of find success because some key guys like Backstrom has been out or, Oh, she's just kind of finding his way back in. What's kind of been going on with the man advantage in Washington? Yeah. Gil, Gil Martin and I, we talked about it on uh, the Monday edition of lockdown NHL here on the lockdown network. And I remember he asked me about that, like, what's the problem here? And I, and I kind of compared it to what the Toronto Maple Leafs really experienced last year. Such a good team. Look at all this offensive weapons, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Morgan Riley running the power play, which if you ask anyone in Toronto was a stupid idea, but I still think Morgan Riley's pretty good defenseman. That's, you know, he's, I think he's worth $8 million. That's just me. But the fact of the matter is that team had so much pressure to do well in the power play because of all those offensive weapons that it kind of crumbled under that pressure. And I do think, as you mentioned, without Basham in the lineup, I think that's been a real tough piece they've been missing. I'm not saying Kuznetsov's a bad, you know, bad playmaker and is not a guy that can be effective on the power play. It just hasn't worked out this year. He, Kuznetsov has been a pretty solid guy that either he's down low in the bumper position or he's on the second unit. And usually it's Backstrom and Ovechkin at the two corners on the power play. That's why having Backstrom coming back here may really help things. Unfortunately, Gil and I didn't talk 24 hours later because that would have really been a, quite the story having Backstrom come back. So, you know what? Maybe him coming back will help out. I think it's going to be a slow process getting Backstrom really up to game speed but on the power play you're not really going at game speed so that could certainly help out a guy like him 
So I, I think they're due. They're, they're going to find a way to come through eventually and, and turn it around. It's in the, you talk about the OV one timer. It just hasn't been open. You know, I think that a lot of more teams are really respecting that. Johnny Carlson, I think has more one timer goals or power play goal. Actually, hold on. Let me make sure I say this right before someone podcasts me and screams at me. Uh, power play goals here. <laughs> Obi has four. Obi has four. John Carlson has three. But to that point, I think Carlson has more one-timer goals on the power play than Ovechkin has. Ovechkin's had a lot more dirty goals this season, you know, grind-out goals that he's had probably in a long time. And I can't say it's a bad thing because he's still the only Washington capital with over 10 goals, and he has 20. <laughs> it's, still, it's still the most ridiculous. And the, the fact that Emily Kaplan put out the story that he drinks pop on the bench during a game is like, it's ridiculous. I I, I don't. I don't know how he does it, Jack. I when I heard that story, I like I used to drink pop before a game when I was a kid for caffeine purposes, so I could stay focused. This guy's just drinking Coke or, or Pepsi. Excuse me, it's at it's at Capital One Arena where they only sell Pepsi products. But I just <laughs> like if I did, I would just get the burps the entire game, and I would be like, I'd be coming down the wing, and all of a sudden, like to shoot and like hiccup, and I put it ten feet wide or something like that. But yet he's Ovechkin. He is. He truly is something special. One of a kind. That's the only way I could put it. It, Even in my athletic career back in the day, I I couldn't imagine, you know, going out there and playing a baseball game and drinking like some, some Pepsi. Got to make sure I say Pepsi, not Coke. Um, I I really couldn't imagine that. So the fact that the guys out there, you know, scoring a goal per game, lighting it up, uh, unreal point producer and and the dudes drinking caffeine, (laughs) something truly you can only marvel at. Well, could you imagine like his first, I I don't know how old, how dated this story is but the fact of the matter is like if you if imagine if he did this like his entire career like he comes in the league in 2005 glenn hanlon was the coach at the time for the caps could you imagine all right uh we got this new young prospect here he's our number one overall picks pretty good score from russia his name's alexander ovichkin uh and uh do you have a 24 pack of coke underneath your stall there alex yes yes i do and then he goes out and scores 50 goals. Well, you can't say no to that. I was just, I was just about to say, he pots 50 or 60. You know, you don't really got much to say about it. You're probably going to have him drinking more in intermission. 